Hello, and welcome to the Next Generation Design Podcast, where today we'll be looking at the innovative work Siemens is doing to improve the design process. I'm your host, Spencer Akane, and today we are joined by Scott Felber and Mike Yoder from the NX Product Marketing and Management team. Scott works in the Product Marketing Group, and Mike works in the Product Management Group and is focused on the NX Design Tools. Welcome, Scott. Mike? Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Spencer. So before we get started, how about we... Talk a little bit about your guys' background. So if you wanted to start, Scott. Hi, Spencer. Yeah, my name is Scott Felber. I'm with the NX product marketing team. I've been with the company going on over, uh, going on 32 years almost now. Lately, I've been focusing mostly on the NX product marketing. And one of my big areas of focus is helping bring the NX guest product out to the market to help our customers get the most advantage and be the most productive they can with the new tool. That's great. And... How about you, Mike? Can you give us a little bit about your background? Sure. Yes, I'm an ex-product manager. I have responsibility for the design application inside of our CAD tool. And I've been with Siemens. This is my 26th year now. And I've been on the product management team for about, I think, six years. And like Scott, working with customers to bring them on to the new team. That's great. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what you've been working on recently? I think you mentioned a new sketcher. Yes, we started developing a new sketch solver several years ago, and this is a kind of a smart solver. It finds geometric relationships for you inside the sketch, removing the need to place all the geometric constraints that we had with our old solver, and you'll see in other CAD tools. This new sketch environment also brings a new u- user interaction. It's a lot more streamlined, a lot less picking in- on the screen to get your job done every day. I see. So you've kind of, you've streamlined the process a lot. Can you tell me what prompted you to make these changes in the solver? Like, like why you're innovating on this right now? Yeah, I'll go ahead on that one, Spencer. What we're really trying to do is we're trying to make MCAD innovative in the marketplace today. A lot of people perceive MCAD and, you know, design tools as being all the same, right? And there's no differentiation between the two. What we're doing here at Siemens is we're looking at all the things we do every day to help the design process make people more efficient in their design process. So what we want to do is we want to just bring innovation. And if you look at sketching, the traditional sketching methodology and workflows, there's been really no attempt to make it any different than has been than people have been doing over the last three decades. So what we did is we stepped back and say, hey, what can we do now with the new computing power to be able to make this sketcher more efficient and, and make people get their work done a lot faster? So that's really what prompted us to do this change. I see. So you're kind of shifting the paradigm of what's been going for what, like I think you said, the last 30 or even 40 years. You're trying to bring it to be a little more like intuitive, would you say? We're aiming kind of like the a back of a napkin sketch where all of the engineering intent is understood just on a hand-drawn sketch without the need to place the constraints. And that's really what our new sketching environment brings to the table here. I see. And you mentioned that this is going to help speed things up and make things faster. Do you have like any idea how like how big of an improvement we're looking at with this sort of change? Yeah, we went ahead and we had some third-party studies done early on while we, were, while we were developing this new tool. And we found that people can have a 30% reduction in the time they spend sketching. And if you look at across all of MCAT and all the design, across all the tools everyone uses, Sketching is the one tool every CAD system does, and they, people use it a lot. It's really one of the basis of CADs. And what we're saying is we're going to take 30% of the time you use 
doing the one thing you probably do more than anything else and eliminate that time from your process so you can get your job done faster. That sounds like it'd be a huge time saver. I know I've used several different sketching tools and different programs, and it's definitely been a bit of a time sink to work through all of these kind of constraints and everything. So it sounds like you're making the process more natural, which is absolutely fantastic. But can you tell me kind of why it's happening now more so than in, in the past? Like, like you said, it's been 30 years or more. And why are you guys the first ones to be doing this? Well, I think everybody kind of, the mainstream tools inside of a CAD system, people kind of get into maybe a rut with it. And, you know, they develop it to the point of where it's it's really good, which is what we had beforehand. And, you know, which is what actually many of our competitors have, have you know, quality sketching tools out there also. But as kind of alluded to earlier, we really wanted to push the boundaries and see how we could save people time on their day-to-day jobs doing something that they do multiple times a day. And so when we step back and looked at, you know, what sketching involves, there's really three things. There's the creation of the curved geometry itself, the geometric constraining, and then the dimensional constraining. And as I kind of alluded to earlier, one of the areas that we've streamlined the interaction is with uh, dimension creation. And then obviously, you know, we've talked about the new solver and and removing the need to create geometric constraints on every piece of curved geometry in the sketch. I see. Can you explain a little bit how this new solver works? Like, how are you able to eliminate basically 30% of the work for sketching just like that? Yeah. So when when we did studies early on, when uh, we first had this concept, we did some timing trials, looked at how much time people spent creating geometry, creating constraints, and creating dimensions. And the curved geometry was the largest part. The creation of geometric constraints, um, we feel, was about 30% based on the timing. And then the remainder was dimension. What this new solver does, instead of forcing the user to create geometric constraints, on every curve or point in the sketch, it finds the relationships for you and presents those relationships to the user when they go to select a piece of geometry to modify it, drag it, create a dimension on it, or any other type of manipulation that you do. So the solver works instantaneously when the user selects something and presents those relationships in the terms of, um, you know, little symbols uh, similar to what we had with constraints in the past. And then the user is uh, free to use what the solver presents. And in almost every case, the solver gets it right. There are times when maybe a drag operation needs to occur and, and the user has to uh, relax or deactivate one of the found relationships. But it's basically in it in a nutshell. When the user selects something, uh, the solver goes into action and finds the relationships for for that operation that the user wants to perform. I see. So you mentioned that the solver gets it right almost all of the time, but that kind of implies that it doesn't get it right, you know, 100% of the time, obviously. So with that in mind, are you seeing any challenges with users adopting this new system? Because it sounds like a big step forward or a, kind of a big change to how traditional CAD modeling practices are taught and sketching practices. Yeah, it is a very big step forward. For the last three decades, users have been taught to fully constrain their sketches. What we're offering now is a fully, quote-unquote, constrained sketch with dimensions only without the need to create those geometric constraints. And I'll let Scott expand on this a little bit, but I think the 
the biggest challenge that we're having with customers is getting them to really unlearn what they've done for their whole uh, life sketching and really, you know, kind of let the solver take over and stop placing those uh, geometric constraints in the system for everything that, that they believe needs it. That's exactly it. What we're really seeing, and, you know, we've been doing this now for the last couple of years in production, a little before that, we did quite a bit of usability testing with customers and, and other people before that. It's taking that step back and saying, I need to take a new approach to what I'm doing. It's hard just for all humans because it's human nature to not want to have to change. And what you really need to do is just reconsider what you need to do. And once you kind of get through that mindset of, hey, this is going to be different than everything I've been doing for the last little bit, it is a lot better. We've all struggled with it day one. I'm no different than anybody else because I was raised with the old sketcher. And at first, there was about, it took about a week or, you know, a week and a half to really understand what was going on. And once you do that, it naturally starts coming. And really to prove that point home is when we did our usability testing, we actually went to three or four universities across the United States and we did it with people in design classes at the university level who have no preconceived notion for the most part of how MCAT tools are supposed to work. And that's probably the one group we had the least amount of resistance with because to them, they had no predefined notion of what they wanted to do. They're like, well, I want to draw these lines. I want them to be like this and I want them to move like that. And to them, it just works right out of the box. Whereas with our existing customers, what we're seeing is if you try to apply the old paradigm to the new tool, you can kind of run yourself into the, into the ground pretty quick. So it's just, like I said, taking that step back and saying, hey, what are we trying to accomplish here? And just looking at it from that way. And then the other one is the confidence they have in the solver. Like we said, the solver will always pick all the constraints that exist in relations. It's the users that need to have the confidence in the results we're presenting to them, right? Because up until this point in their lives, they had to do all that work. And as computing powers increased and as algorithms and everything else we can create become more and more robust, we can do all those calculations for them. But they have to have confidence in the results we're presenting to them. So I think those are a couple of big things that we're really trying to work on moving forward. I see. So it sounds like you're trying to overcome a lot of momentum in the industry of how things have been done to, to really innovate here. Yes, that's correct. Yep. We're really shifting the paradigm of into the future. Well, that makes sense that you'd be facing a little bit of resistance on that then. You kind of, you also mentioned having confidence in the solver. Is that similar to how you would have trust in like your smartphone or like the Google search algorithm to let you to tell you stuff? Yeah, that's a pretty good analogy. Um, people have been using smartphones for a decade now. Google's been out for, I'm not exactly sure how long, you know, maybe two decades. And at first, the adoption was a little slow, but as people got used to it and got to trust it and could see, you know, how fast the Google search works and you get, you know, the results that you want immediately, the adoption takes off and then, it, you know, it's very widespread. One of our colleagues uses the analogy of getting into a self-driving car with the new sketcher. You know, it's the wave of the future, but not everybody wants to get into a self-driving car right now and, and let the car take over and, and drive them to a destination. That makes sense. I could definitely see that taking a little getting used to the idea of just kind of just sitting back and letting the computer do what it has to do without having to micromanage everything. Really, what we're trying to say here with the confidence, too, is especially something like mechanical CAD, right, where it's very engineering and design centric, right? And 
all of us that use tools like this, that were trained in college as, as engineers, you know, we put a lot of thought and processes into what we're trying to accomplish, right? And we think we can just do it, right? And we know we can do it because we have that confidence because we've been doing it for, you know, many of us, for, you know, for years upon years and even in some cases decades. So when you say something new to an engineer, it is the confidence. And, and engineering is probably a little harder than even places like earlier we talked about using a smartphone, right? Smartphones are used across the spectrum of people, but engineers have a certain way of approaching problems sometimes that, you know, that's what we learn in school is problem solving. And they want to control the answer and the solution they get. So that's really the thing we're trying to get over the hump here on lately. I see. So it's kind of like since engineers are trained with problem solving, critical thinking in mind, they're a little more critical of new and innovative technology. They want to know what's under the hood. It's like they come in and say, how does this work? Do I have confidence in the result that this is giving me? Is that kind of the issue you're facing? That's exactly it, Spencer, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, I, I can relate to that. I've, I've been trained as an engineer myself, and it's like, yeah. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about some of the typical questions you your customers are asking you about the, the new solver and the new sketching paradigms? Like some of the big ones? Well, one of the first questions we get is, can I take a new sketch back to the old sketch? And the answer to that is no. The solvers are so different, and we've put so much work into the new solver that, you know, pretty much like any new CAD functionality, you can only move forward with it. So if you have a, an old sketch that was created with the previous solver, you can bring it forward into the new one, and it will convert all of those geometric constraints that the user created into what we call persistent relations, which are very similar, but you can't take a new one to an old one. One of the biggest questions we get day one, especially in the first, say, month of use is, how come I can't find my relations? And again, we try to explain that to people as the relations do not exist until you go to make a change. It's not like a, the old traditional sketching where I created all these relations, I created this perpendicularity, I created these parallel, I created these equal length. They just don't exist because they don't exist until you need to make a change. And then the solver goes into action and says, hey, I found perpendicularity. I found equal length. I found all that stuff. And now I'm going to honor that as you make that change. And the other thing people sometimes struggle with, too, with, within that concept is dimensions really are king over relations in the new sketch. So if you change a dimension, it will figure out which relations it can override to accomplish that task. And that is one of the things that I think one of the day one things that people kind of need to rethink. And that's one of the things we get a lot of questions on. Yes, some of the, uh, let's see, another question kind of alluded to this already, just to build on what Scott said is when customers select a piece of curve geometry, they see the relations and then they make the change and they go away. And they say, why do my relations keep falling off? Well, they didn't fall off. Uh, if you remember earlier when we started the podcast, we mentioned that they're found instantaneously. And then they're more or less discarded and the sketch remains static after the move is done. If you select another piece of geometry, the solver goes into action immediately, finds those relationships, you make the change. And then when you're done with the change, the sketch is static or frozen, if you will, until another change occurs. And so one of the the hurdles that we're seeing is customers aren't exactly having the confidence that we wish they would have in it because those relationships come and go, and they're having a hard time understanding that because of the way sketching has been, been done for the last 30 years, where you always see your geometric relations. They feel that if they can't see those sketch constraints, 
then the geometry is going to move, you know, at will. And that's not the case with our new sketching tool. It sounds like you've made the process very kind of dynamic as opposed to the, the static way where you would define everything before and now everything is just kind of happening in real time in the specific area that you're considering or working on, really. Yes. Yep. That is true. And like I said, you know, if once you're done working, the sketch is, is solved and it stays there. Uh, re- customers are, you know, again, trying to get over that hurdle of just working with dimensions only and the, the, the design is defined with their dimensions. And that's, that's really the heart of what the new solver brings. And yeah, Mike, along those lines, what you just said was one of the other questions we see a lot is people talk about, well, what are my degrees of freedom on my sketch? And because we're not applying, because the users aren't applying constraints, the concept of degrees of freedom, that was invented as part of sketching. If you go back to old days of engineering where people just did stuff on paper, there was no concept of degrees of freedom. You just looked at the drawing and it was fully defined. As we moved into the computer world, this concept of degrees of freedom came about 30, 40 years ago. It's moved forward. And what we, what we do to help people alleviate that is what we do is we color code the, the curves within the sketch now. As that curves that are fixed by the dimensions that have them in place are black, and the only way they can change is by dimensions. And then there's brown curves that's out of the box colors that have a different color, that those are the ones that are still movable, right, if we just drag stuff. Once you get a fully defined sketch, and that's what people ask for, how do I know my sketch is fully defined? It will let you know in the, the queue in the status line, say your sketch is fully defined. That means it will only move by changing dimensions. And whichever dimensions you change, it'll show you what's good, what it'll have to do to do that. So that's one of the big changes, I think, that too, that people look. The color coding is kind of like you talked about the instantaneous results. That really helps to me as I, as I learned it and moved through it. I like the color coding, right? I know which curves I still need to, to really put some dimensions on and which ones I could, you know, are defined by the colors they are. Yeah, a couple other questions that we get very frequently are, can I turn off relation finding? And can I fully define a sketch with persistent relations? And if you remember, I mentioned that persistent relations are very similar to the old style constraints. So these two questions kind of go hand in hand. The answer is, yes, you can turn off relation finding, but you'd be defeating the entire purpose of the solver and the benefit it brings. So you can tweak it so it won't find a perpendicular or equal radius or equal length curve, but you're really just, you know, making more work for yourself once you turn off relation finding. And then an example of fully defining a sketch with persistent relations, a user was having problems with his sketch. It was pretty simple, but he had almost 40 dimensions on the sketch and almost a hundred persistent relations. And the sketch it was behaving correctly, but he was having some problems changing things. And so he sent the sketch to me. I looked at it, and first thing I did was delete all the persistent relations and looked at how what the solver found. And it turned out I needed to create 11 persistent relations and then work with less than half of the dimensions that he had. So I, I went from almost 100 persistent relations down to 11. and the sketch solved better and was easier to manipulate using the new solver to its full potential than, than over conditioning, if you will, with all the persistent relations and extra dimensions that you didn't need. And when I was done working it, I had a fully defined sketch that I was able to modify inside the sketcher and outside the sketcher through the relations or through the uh, expressions that he created. 
So I, you know, went back to the user and said, you know, really you kind of to be blunt, you wasted a lot of time creating almost 90 persistent relations when the solver would find all of that information for you. And Mike, that's where the 30% saving comes from. Because if you think about that sketch and you look at it, if I'm an end user and I'm going back to the traditional sketch at the legacy sketch methods and I have to create all those, to create about, let's just call it 90, if I have to create 90 relations, that's going to be picking two items and picking the relation it is. So you're saving almost 300 picks by not doing that. That's where you get 30% savings. Someone went through and he created all that stuff in the new sketch, and you can do that and allow you to do it. But that was almost an extra 300 picks for a simple sketch that was maybe like, you know, it was probably like 20, 30 curves, Mike, if I remember correctly. That's a lot of extra work. And that's really what we're saying the benefit is. Yeah, that really hits home is, you know, when you start telling a user how many picks something takes, you just made 300 extra picks. That sounds like a huge uh, strength of the new system is that you've cutting down the complexity and the busy work even, and you're just kind of taking it back to a simpler state that still has all the same functionality. Yeah, and actually, the new Sketcher has more functionality than what the previous Sketcher did. We've added some new dragging methods where you can drag rotationally. Scott mentioned the constant finding of movable curves that's always on uh, that wasn't present before. We have the ability to, you know, do patterns, mirrors, reflections, all all associatively. We have, for large sketches, we have what we call a work region. So, you know, if you have a thousand curves in your sketch and you only w- want to work on a, a small area of it, you can window a small area and the solver will ignore everything outside of that area. So you're only acting in, you know, the area that you need to do your modification in. So it's another t- a tool that we did not have previously. I see. I think we've covered a few of these already, but are there any other strengths of the new sketcher that you'd like to highlight for us? Probably the biggest one is the new mentioning paradigm. All sketchers out there rely on icons, you know, or commands that the user has to select first to create a dimension. With the new user interaction model we've created, all you simply have to do is two curves. The dimension appears, you select that dimension to keep it, and you can drag it around and modify it or turn it into an expression or a reference dimension, all with just a couple clicks on the screen without ever using a toolbar or an icon. Or a- and I think one of the other biggest strengths is the new workflow where, it's, where you start with like clean, a clean sheet of paper, what we call forward create, right? You're creating a brand new design. All you do is put down all your curves, you dimension them, and it just works, right? I think that when the people get the confidence in that workflow, that's when it, they really excel and say, this is the best thing we've ever seen, right? That's really where the strength of it comes in and what we call forward create for the majority of sketching that people do every day for creating parts and, and you know, features in their parts. It's unparalleled how fast you can do it once you once you have the confidence in it and once you understand what it's doing. Just drawing lines, dimensioning, and go. And it just, that is the strength of it more than anything. We've talked about a lot here, but is there anything else of interest that you guys are working on within Siemens or even outside the company? Well, we started a continuous release process probably about two and a half, maybe three years ago, where instead of releasing software every year and a half, we're releasing it every six months. So this has allowed us to bring new functionality, new applications, and much more aligned with uh, what our users are looking for and what customers request. 
it's allowed us to bring all this to market much faster than than what we were before, and and even what our competition does with having uh, two releases a year. And if you look at some of the, I don't have the numbers exactly. I think Scott knows these, but some of the enhancement numbers that we've added in and the patents that we've received since we started the continuous release process, it's, it's very impressive what we've been able to do. So I'd say that, you know, our new release process, quality assurance testing uh, has been a really big benefit to our customers. Yeah, Mike, I mean, just to expound on what you just said, right? In the last year, over the last couple of releases, right? Within one la- the last one year, the NX team has delivered about 1,400 enhancement requests based on customer inputs. Those are new things we put into software to make our customer, that our customers asked us for. That's what an enhancement request is. And the other one kind of goes back to where we started talking at the beginning about CAD being a, it's all the same, it's not innovative, it's, it's old. We don't believe that because, in fact, in the last year, the NX team has been granted 43 patents around NX, which tells us we are being innovative and we are leading the way to help our customers get their designs done every day and bringing new ways of doing that into the marketplace that, are, that the competition is just not thinking about because they're being granted patents on that technology and those things we are doing. That's fantastic to hear that, how much innovation you guys are putting out there. But I think that's all the time we have for this episode. Once again, I have been your host, Spencer Kane, and this is the Next Generation Design Podcast. I'd like to thank Scott and Mike for joining me here today. Yeah, thank you, Spencer. It was our pleasure. Thank you, Spencer.